Gosh, it's such a huge question, Ludo, and I love it because I think, honestly, you could you could write a book on this, couldn't you? Part of my way through this big corporate job of mine, I had a rather nasty car accident and I was told I would not walk again. And I decided that sounded like the kind of sentence that belonged in a box. And it struck me that this probably had more to do with my mindset than the actual physical injuries that had occurred. And my reports over many years had a couple of sentences in common. One was, Dinah shows so much potential. I should point out, however, that sentence was often followed by a sentence along the lines of, if only she would learn to listen more than she talks, <laughs> which was fair comment. I think a huge number of us experience what people call an imposter syndrome. Um, I live with a syndrome. It's tough. It's horrible. It impacts me every day and it's incurable. An imposter is a mindset. It is not a syndrome. It is totally curable. Hello and welcome to the Qualified Tutor podcast, the podcast that brings you the latest in the world of tutoring, edtech and education, and hopefully inspires in you the big change that each and every one of us is capable of. Qualified Tutor is an industry-leading tutor training organisation and online tutoring community for thousands of tutors around the world. This podcast is the voice of this community, where we aim to hear from tutors, teachers, entrepreneurs, coaches, business experts, students, tutorpreneurs, and more from the world of tutoring about what inspires them every day, how they can help tutors like you, and what they've learnt about tutoring along the way. The question is, what will you learn today? Hello and welcome to the 124th episode of the Qualified Tutor podcast. It's still a very proud moment to, to say uh, these wonderful numbers. Um, my name is Ludo Miller, uh, the host of this podcast. Welcome back to regular listeners. Welcome to any of you for whom this is your first time listening to this podcast. And of course, a huge welcome to today's guest, Dinah Liversidge. Dinah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Ludo. It's a real pleasure to join you. It's been uh, an episode a little, uh, a few weeks in the making uh, after Dinah's uh, wonderful, uh, impromptu last minute addition to the Love Tutoring Festival 3 calendar uh, in which Dinah delivered a wonderful um, uh, lunchtime mindfulness session that really blew away our attendees uh, and the QT team, uh, including Julia and, and Love Tutoring Festival manager Georgina. So uh, this is an episode generated by uh, the, the the beauty and the and the cohesiveness of that session. Um, now, as a little background to Dinah, just for our listeners, uh, before we dive into the conversation, uh, Dinah hails from Madhvai in West Wales, where she lives uh, with her husband, John, uh, and really throughout her career has taken on many, many roles, writer, mentor, celebrant, public speaker, workshop facilitator, uh, and many 
many more. Um, and today, Diana comes to the podcast uh, in her role as a, as a mindset coach. And off the back of, of that wonderful session from uh, around just over a month ago from, from uh, late June. Um, so if we can feel just a small part of that impact that Diana had on the festival today on the podcast, uh, we'll be doing pretty well. So um, welcome, Diana. I, this is, you have your own podcast. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I do, actually. I'm a massive fan of podcasting. Um, I think one of the greatest compliments I ever got was when a dear friend who runs marathons told me that he listened to my podcast back to back as he ran the, the London Marathon. Um, so I have a podcast called No Box Thinking. Uh, and I'm also really excited that this year I have started a second podcast with a colleague who is another celebrant. Uh, called Ask a Celebrant. Um, and yeah, I love podcasting. I think listening to others, sharing experience, um, it's, it's a world that can really impact us. And you can do it in little tiny bursts, which I love. Yeah, well, if you're listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. that means hopefully you're into podcasts anyway, or, or perhaps um, you've just been recommended this by a friend. But please, uh, the, the, the links to those uh, to Dinah's two uh, podcasts will be in the show notes. Um, but Dinah, what's what's giving you reason to smile today? Today of the recording is uh, Monday the 1st of August. What's giving you reason to smile today? Oh, well, as I, uh, as I think about the 1st of August, I can't help but smile today. I love celebrating anniversaries, noticing dates that were significant in our lives, in our journey. Uh, and five years ago today, I got signed off by my cardiology team. That was such an incredible day for us. Several friends, of course, suggested we celebrate with cake, which somehow didn't feel quite appropriate. Uh, <laughs> but anyone who knows me will know that that's exactly what we did. <laughs> that's, uh, that's a wonderful story, Dinah. Um, and I think that experience has informed so much of what you do or have done in those those five years up until today um, and will continue to do. Um, but if we stretch our minds and, and, the, and the clock back even further than five years ago, uh, and as, a, as a, a wonderful segment that we use to start this, this, this podcast, although physical school reports may not be to hand, there was a general trend that you remembered from from rummaging through from rummaging through old boxes. A general trend from from your school days. Is that right? Yep, there certainly was. I love the way teachers can be very kind. Language in a report that you can tell as an adult when you look back was really considered and thought about. And my reports over many years had a couple of sentences in common. One was. Dinah shows so much potential, um, which as an adult looking back always makes me smile. It, they could have written so many negative things and they chose to write that, which I'm grateful for. I should point out, however, that sentence was often followed by a sentence along the lines of, if only she would learn to listen more than she talks, <laughs> <laughs> which was fair comment. Um, I will always remember being moved a lot at school. My brother and I started school together and I ended up being moved to a different school than he. 
And one of the reasons I was moved was when the head teacher um, had a visit from my mum, who was a teacher herself. Uh, and mum went in to see her to say she was concerned about my writing skills, that my spelling and, and actually the whole form of my letters for my age was a bit worrying. And this teacher looked at mum and said, well, Dinah sings like an angel. You can't have everything. And I was moved the next day to a new school. <laughs> um, but I will always remember being told that, you know, this is a school where your singing ability was considered more important than whether you could form letters. And I can't help thinking I'd have been a lot happier if I'd been allowed to stay that's um, one of those, uh, you know, fork in the road moments in life, perhaps, Dinah. Um, now, I mean, as a as a mentor, as a mindset coach, as a workshop facilitator, the true power of of that individual is often in in listening and and not speaking over your those you're working with. Do you think then you took your teachers? words of advice on boards into what you do today, into why you do what you do today? I, I suspect that every conversation, every person in our lives as we're growing and developing, which I hope never stops, has a kind of trickle effect. And certain people, and particularly those we respect or look up to, their words have more impact. So I suspect they were part of a bigger message. Um, my amazing daughter, Hannah, I think, is one of the key reasons I'm a great listener. I'm naturally much more of an extrovert than she is. Um, and when she was just 17, she was supporting her dad in his business. And he asked her to go networking on his behalf. Now, at 17, to be asked to network with a group of business owners, when you consider yourself to be an introvert is a big ask. And I watched Hannah engage and network with these much more experienced, sometimes way older business owners. And all of them came to me afterwards and said, she asks amazing questions. She's such a fabulous listener. I could learn from this. And I realized that as a natural extrovert and a bit of a show off, I often wanted to show people, I get you, I hear you, I'll finish your thoughts and sentences for you. And in fact, I was often missing the most important part of their sentences. And by taking the approach that Hannah took of stepping back and making it all about them, I became the coach that I think I've become with more and more experience. So she taught me that probably way more than my teachers did. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, there's certainly, it's very clear there's a very strong bond there. Um, perhaps Hannah is your why, even, uh, we'd go so far as to say. Um, so, thank you, Dinah. Um, I, I think that informs you know, a lot about where you're speaking from, the platform that you speak from, which hopefully over the, the next 15, 20 minutes or so, we'll, we'll give our listeners a chance to see things from how you see them um, and hopefully be able to connect with what you're saying more, more closely. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about how you got involved in 
mindset coaching and, and, and what that tells you about about the field? Sure. Um, I guess my first real introduction to mindset was when I worked in a corporate environment. I was sat um, in a meeting of much more experienced management than myself. Um, I felt a good old imposter sitting on my shoulder was roaring in my ear that I didn't belong there. And yet, as I was listening and, and very much observing, because I didn't feel yet ready to contribute, I kept hearing them repeat this thing over and over again. We need to think outside the box on this. And I sat there thinking, who on earth ever told them there was a box? And it struck me, it really struck me, what limitations they put on possibility by doing that. And the fact that they just accepted it. And I kept thinking of that story, that brilliant children's story about the emperor's new clothes. And I just wanted to shout at everybody, there's no box. And part of my way through this big corporate job of mine, I had a rather nasty car accident. Uh, which resulted in me spending a lot of time in a wheelchair, 11 years. And I was told I would not walk again. And I decided that sounded like the kind of sentence that belonged in a box. And it struck me that this probably had more to do with my mindset than the actual physical injuries that had occurred. And as long as I chose to believe that, I could do something about it. And it was during this time that I took my training as a coach, mainly because I needed to know I wasn't the only person who challenged thinking in this way. So it was liberating. And I suddenly felt like I had a tribe of people who thought that limitation was a mindset. And I kind of took myself on this little journey with mindset where I remembered going to the theatre and I remembered how it felt when people came on between the scenes and in the very, very deep darkness, just in their kind of black leotards and creeping around, they moved the props and when the lights came back on, it was like you'd been transported somewhere totally different. And I thought, well, how about if my mind set was like the set of a play? And how about if I could be the person that snuck on in between the scenes and changed a couple of the props and everything was different? And the really amazing news is I am. And so are you. And so is everybody else. We just didn't know that we got to be directors and producers and the starring role, if that's what we want, or a supporting role. Um, and to me, that was really exciting. And I discovered so much writing about mindset. And even that, to me, has now been very much put in a box. This idea you have an open or closed mindset. I think there are hundreds of different mindsets. Um, and I think we get to play them all and then decide 
which of these is serving me today? How do I decide which set I need to be in to stop limiting my beliefs, to start playing big rather than small, to have my voice matter and mean something and be authentic? All of those things are created by a mindset. So on hearing that, you know, that sounds, it's beautifully put. There's a wonderful analogy to the, to the, to the dramatic stage. And yet a lot of people don't think like that. You've put it with such clarity there. What are some of the main queries, issues, questions that you get from the people you work with as a mindset coach? How, how do people query that vision that you, you, you put towards them? Lovely question. I have to say, most, I'm really lucky, most of my clients, when I put it that way, say, I've never thought of it like this. Maybe we could have a bit of fun with this. Maybe I could challenge the mindset that I have up to this point adopted. I I think a huge number of us experience what people call an imposter syndrome. Um, I live with a syndrome. It's tough. It's horrible. It impacts me every day and it's incurable. An imposter is a mindset. It is not a syndrome. It is totally curable. You can absolutely change it and challenge it. And I think that what I get more from my clients than anything else is when we change our language, we can completely change the way we perceive ourselves and our reaction to other things. So one of the things I see a lot is people in what I call understudy mindset. They've got all the lines. They know everything they need to know just as much as the person in the spotlight. And something in their mindset holds them in that space that says, no, no, I'll just support them to do it. And it's scary to move into a spotlight. And it's also really exciting and can be great fun. And by understanding that's a mindset, a process of thinking of repeated behaviors and beliefs, I get to challenge them. Now, I I say we refer a lot to historical data. And the trouble with historical data is it's often hysterical data. So have you ever noticed how you tell yourself all the things that are bad about yourself And yet when you do a comparison to someone else, you big them up. How fascinating that we would choose to put it that way round. And yet often that mindset is the thing keeping us in that understudy space, keeping us small. Does that make sense, Ludo? I I love that. I'm immediately thinking about (laughs) all the times when I've put myself down. And it happens frequently, doesn't it? You know, even tiny moments, you know. Absolutely. And we create that conversation in our head. You know, one of the things I encourage people to do is notice certain vocabulary. What words do you repeat to yourself on a regular basis? And do they serve you? And if so, in what way? You know, when we repeat a behavior over and over and over, It may be hard to admit this, but we're doing it because of what we get out of it. And that's not always a positive thing. 
sometimes you notice a child repeating bad behavior because it's the only way they get the attention they need. Well, we do the same as adults. We repeat behavior over and over because maybe a friend shows empathy. Maybe a boss says, oh, I understand, take the day off. But actually, that's not really the kind of acknowledgement we crave. And if we shifted the behavior to a place where the boss said, I can't manage without you this afternoon because you're fundamental to the success of my day, we would feel way better with that reaction than the one we're currently creating. So language, yeah, language is everything. It's that beautiful, simple saying, isn't it? Whether I think I can or I think I can't, I'm probably right. One of our favorite phrases on our training courses. I think that's perhaps even in the first unit or the second unit, that phrase. It's, um, it's so powerful, really, isn't it? Uh, that, that, that phrase. And what you've just demonstrated is that that power to shift mindset is done through the careful selection of words. Oh, absolutely. You know, you asked my doctors, the team who looked after me after my car accident, so how come Dinah's walking? And they will say to you, because she's convinced herself that she can. Technically, I am paralyzed below the waist down my left-hand side. I have no feeling. And I challenge anyone to be able to tell. My husband says he can tell on a day when I'm really tired. Nobody else has ever noticed. Um, and, and that is simply because I have told myself I can do it. And I believe myself. There are so many avenues for capitalizing on what you're saying there and applying that to, to others. And particularly for uh, the field we're in and the podcast that's uh, the topic of this podcast, that is applied from the position of educators to on, on behalf of learners. How then can we tie in this message about the importance of language in shifting mindset to educators? What can educators do to ensure they use the right language and the right attitudes with their learners? Gosh, it's such a huge question, Ludo, and I love it because I think, honestly, you could, you could write a book on this, couldn't you? And I'm sure that a huge number of your experienced tutors do this stuff automatically and don't even realise what they're doing is so magical and important. But I would say there are a few key things. The first big thing for me that has a massive impact on mindset is actually a visual thing. So we all, every day, in whatever role we're in, as we grow, and, and as young people when we're learning too, make lists of things we need to do. And most people, as they do those things, cross them out. Like, yay, done. Well, as somebody who was not top of the class, something being crossed out visually to me is a negative thing. It means, oh dear, I got that wrong. My tutor or my teacher has crossed that out and probably written something above it in red. You know, na 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 red, oh my goodness. I, I don't have a red pen in the house. I think that's a big kickback to that, actually. So I don't cross things out. 
I put massive stars next to them because I was the kid who very rarely got a star at school. And when I did, I treasured it. And then at the end of the day, I write a look what I did today list so that I can write out really beautifully all of my accomplishments. So there's my first big thing to, to tutors. Stop crossing things out. We say they're not right. They're not relevant. They don't matter. They're wrong. And I think that instills a deep mindset message for people. So that would be my first thing. The second thing is absolutely about the language of possibilities. It's about not drowning people's dreams, not telling them always the sensible answer, but allowing that creative flow. And so I would say, as educators, one of the great things we can do is allow people to explore how safe it can be to say things that perhaps don't fit in what they're traditionally taught, to explore new answers to questions and not as a teacher to say that's the wrong answer, but to have a conversation instead and say, where did that come from? Why did that feel right for you? You know, there are so many topics on which we have discussions now that we would never have had 20 years ago in teaching someone, possibly not even 10 years ago. So it's being prepared to be very fluid in what we want to, to instantly say that's wrong and cross out and instead perhaps be open to the idea that we're learning as much as we're teaching these relationships. I love it. <laughs> I love it because it's picked up on such an inherent part of education, uh, which is the crossing out and the use of negative language to describe something uh, and the kind of black and whiteness of, of lots of, of education. Uh, and I love it as well because it's, I feel like you're, you're my coach and you're, uh, you're telling me what to do because I am guilty of that as a tutor myself. Um, and as I'm sure are many of those listening as well. Um, and I love it, thirdly, because these are not huge structural changes that we need to make in our lives. They're not unattainable, you know, unrealistic things that, that we as educators can implement. Um, and that ties in your message so beautifully with uh, shifting mindset, which has to be done bit by bit. It's not something that, that you can tell someone to uproot, you know, and the next day they've, they've, they've successfully uh, completed it. Um, so thank you for laying that out for, for a tutoring podcast, which is all about instilling confidence in, in our learners. And now a brief word from last week's guest, Ian Siegel. One thing that surprised me about the Qualified Tutor podcast is just how similar insights we share across national borders that I could feel the same way as Ludo, even though he's from the UK and I'm from the US. Um, one thing that I really appreciated about the podcast was just the uh, insightful questions that allowed me to really dive deep into what I cared about on the tutoring front. And lastly, I'd just say 
that any guest should look forward to just insightful discussion and a really positive outlook on our future in education. Thanks. Just before we're done here, Dinah, um, I'd like to turn to uh, the future. Um, something that we, it's a, a journey that we plot on this podcast. Each episode is a look at the guests' uh, backgrounds, what they do currently, and then looking ahead. So, Dinah, what's, what's next for you? What's next for Dinah Liversich? Thank you for asking that question. That's lovely. I, I, um, I guess as somebody who has survived kind of challenges to my life several times because of illness, I love having this incredible opportunity nowadays to plan ahead, um, to, to really look forward and say, what am I going to be doing in 10 years? Um, I, I find it quite funny. I, mean, I turned 55 this year. I never thought I would get to go grey with my husband. And so this is such a blessing to me. Um, and so what's ahead for me? Well, I am really, really lucky that because I don't believe in the box, I have several small businesses rather than one, um, one of which has been becoming a celebrant. Um, and I've done that now for nearly eight years. And this year I have launched my own um new training for celebrants um, and I have just this week been told by our trade association the association of independent celebrants that they're going to recommend my training which um I am kind of beside myself I'm so thrilled and overjoyed I I have always had a really clear idea of my purpose in life I believe my purpose is to help others be all they can be and that's such a massive blessing. And being a celebrant where you help people celebrate the loves in their life, including losing the love of their life, is the most humbling and incredible privilege. And so to get to train other people to do that in a way that is heart-led, that is about others, I see my role as a celebrant as never ever to be in the spotlight, but instead to stand next to those in the spotlight and support them. And it's such a wonderful opportunity to train others to do this. Um, so I really believe my next 10 years, that's going to be a huge part of what I get to do. And it just fills me with gratitude and joy. What a wonderful, positive way uh, to end this episode, Dinah. Um, I, I, you've touched hearts and minds with with what you've been saying, um, both at the festival and 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 here on the Qualified Tutor podcast. Um, very eloquent and considered, and uh, full of uh, experience in there. You, it's, that's that's clear to see. Um, so, thank you, Ludo. It's been such a pleasure. If people want to go a step further and get in touch with you directly, Dinah, what's the best way they can do that? The best way is to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I have one of those names, which means there can be only one. So if you search for Dinah with an H, 
Liversidge, and good luck with the surname, um, then I would be absolutely delighted to connect on that. Wonderful. And and as I said, the links to to both No Box Thinking and uh, Ask a Celebrant will be in the show notes. So there's plenty to look out for once this conversation has come to an end. Dinah, thank you so, so much. Thank you so much for spending, taking the time out of your day to speak to us and for agreeing to be on this podcast. It means a lot. Thank you for having me, Ludo. It's been a joy. Okay. Well, listeners, I hope you've learned something there. Uh, I hope you've been able to spend the, the last half an hour thinking about your craft and, and, and your profession and your, and your outlook. Uh, and we will see you all again next time. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Qualified Tutor Podcast. Whether you're a regular listener of this podcast or you've just stumbled across it, join the Qualified Tutor Podcast group within the Qualified Tutor community to stay up to date with our latest news, offers, workshops, and of course, simply to meet other tutors like you. Whatever your level as a tutor, our training courses will be the next step in your professional development. Visit qualifiedtutor.org slash training to find out more about our CPD-accredited and Ofqual-recognised courses, the first of their kind in the tutoring industry. Your student deserves the best tutor possible. Make that happen today by joining Qualified Tutor.